Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. up this morning looking for my shoes look behind the trunk found the hesitation blues lordy tell me how long lordy tell me how long will i have to wait will i have to wait can i get you now can i get you now must i hesitate Take me rock away from here Lordy, tell me how long Lordy, tell me how long Will I have to wait Will I have to wait Can I get you now Can I get you now Must I hesitate Okay, so we got a caller. Is this Tom Sawyer? 
This is Tom Sawyer. Hey, Tom. What hey, do you think of the new theme song? I like it. I like you it. like it? You like yeah, it? Yeah, I like it. It's catchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Willie Nelson. I mean, come on. Yeah. It, I love it. All right, so, hey. Tom. Very fitting. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, just getting pretty over good. Come on, virus, funny. but other than that, I'm pretty good. Just doing pretty good. Come on, you friend. Freaking fantastic, because we're relaunching Francie and Friends. Well, then I'm fan-fucking-tastic. I'm doing good. There we go. No. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, you and I, uh, Dawn, I, I have not been able to get in touch with her. Well, I have not been can. able to get in touch with Dawn. And uh, I got to I gotta tell you, you and I, we've got big plans. And what we're going to do is we're going to relaunch this show. Sounds good. It, it does sound good. And uh, yep. one thing that I think that we should do is, I mean, like, people are stupid. Yeah. Do you think I'm going to get a bunch of hate email from this? Well, I mean, you just have to look at the example. Like, uh, they made Kardashians famous, right? I mean, you know. So, Wait, you know, what, anybody, you you know they don't do anything. Than, yeah. So, I mean, they watch that show and they make them, like, out to be celebrities when they're not. So, yeah. Kind of, to a degree, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so hey, better better hate mail than no mail, right? Exactly. That's yeah, true. You know, they're silent, then they hate you. But that means you're listening. And okay, you know. okay. So check this out. Um, I'm losing faith in women right now because here's another segment that we want to start doing on the show. It's called Who Does That. Hmm. That makes sense. I mean, that's yep. who does that. That's three words all in itself. And here's here's a couple examples. When attacked by predators, which of these animals will often activate a large gland known as an ink sac? Cheetah, squid, owl, Paris Hilton. Oh, owl. See, final answer. Uh oh, retard alert! Retard yeah. alert, class! <laughs> yeah. I do feel that evolution shouldn't be taught in school just because so many different different views on it, so many different definitions. Like, how do you te- teach a child the true meaning of evolution when so many different cultures have their different beliefs and scientists have their different theories? It's just. Not a good subject that I feel everyone will agree on in classrooms when kids come from all different backgrounds, different cultures, different beliefs. So I just personally don't think it's a good topic for school subjects at all. We had a big Twitter feud over this. I tweeted, do dogs have brains? Because I like seriously wanted to know 
and there was a huge debate, all hell broke loose, it was like the Crusader War in 2013, it was cray cray. So basically behind, I'll give you a little bit of a uh, story behind my question. So I was like, of course, dogs are, um, are mammals. Right? Yeah. Dogs are mammals. They're humans. Or, no, they're not human. They're part of the animal kingdom that God created. I thought you didn't get pretty girls tickets. Pardon me? I thought you didn't get pretty girls tickets. You didn't think we gave pretty girls tickets? You're absolutely right. We don't. Sign here. <laughs> if you are traveling 80 miles per hour, how long does it take you to go 80 miles? Okay, what do you think, Chell? Let's go through the process. What do you think? Well, I run the mile in about 9 minutes. Okay. And Wait, what about the tire turning thing you were talking about? Do you think that affects it? Well, I'm just guesstimating probably about, it turns about 400 <laughs> times in a mile. The answer is one hour. Oh, fucking idiot! Fucking idiot! Fucking idiot! Fucking idiot! Budapest is the capital of what European country? Budapest is the capital of what European country Nathan has already locked in? This might be a stupid question. I'm guessing it's probably okay. going to be. Like. I thought Europe was a country. Different groups of people. I mean, there's 
uh, three guys involved with a drug deal that went bad, uh, uh, a mother and daughter on their way back from up north, and um, different characters crossing each other's paths during this. And they also run into something called the Weendigo that was a Native American legend that comes out at the very worst of storms. And it preys on man. It's basically a cannibalistic killer that devours men or people. So now, you know, I gotta tell you because you're such an even kill guy. How do you come up with such like those? Well, it's really ways funny because that was gonna that was gonna originally be my second book, and I put it on the back burner. But I got the idea driving to work one morning, and it was foggy and snowing, and I'm thinking if something jumps out at me. I'm dead meat, you know, because I'm going to live near some lakes, and I'm driving around a curve. It's like, wow, something that's a deer or something comes out of me. I'm dead. You know, and I thought, hey, this would be a good story, you know, something, you know. So, you know, you know, I, yeah. you know, so it's just kind of this, hey, I got to expand on this. What would be, you know, what, what kind of monster would come out in the wintertime and everything? So I had to get and do a little research and came up with that. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that is absolutely correct. I mean, how do you come? I mean, I drive down the street and I hit a manhole, and I'm not saying that you're psychotic, not by any means, but how do you come up with this kind of stuff that says, hey, it's kind of like, and I'm asking this question because I asked this question of Basil, also the comedian. Mm-hmm. And uh, Basil, the comedian, you know, he's like, you got to look around. And you got to see stuff that's going on in your surroundings. Yeah, kind of. That's kind of what you look at. Yeah, you kind of look at Would things. Would you say that answer. that is the same thing in horror as it is in comedy too? Yeah, I think so. You take a look at things and you took your own, you put your own take on it. You kind of like you mentioned the pothole. Well, what if you hit something that you know that pothole was created by something coming up out of the ground, or you know, start driving people or something? So you know, you know, so you kind of look at stuff. You know, like hey, what could I do to? What, what the hell? Do I see a story here. You know, and also look at all the, you know, watch all the paranormal stuff and look at the paranormal, you know, people put the actual historical events of you know, haunted houses or something like that. I'm thinking, well, how could I make a, how could this be a story? How, where, you know, where can I go with this? You know, what can I, you know, how can I make this into something? Yeah, and and you know, I think you're stuff. making a pretty good point in exactly what you're saying is, um, uh, you know, it's like Basil said, you look around and you see comedy. And mm-hmm. you look around and what he was saying is that there's comedy and there's horror in every aspect of life. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. You know, yeah. you can, you'd take, I mean, come on. you know. I think Stephen King said once said you take the ordinary and try to turn it into, you know, something warped or unique or horror, and that that's what's really scary, you know. And the same thing can be done with comedy, or you know, you can take the normal situation and somehow turn it into something else, you know, to your comedy or horror or drama or you know, 
So that's when you when you started talking about that, I was gonna say the exact same thing, whether it's horror or comedy. And you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, I I because think that's what it is. I think you look around and see things and, you know, go from there. Yeah, and and let's take a look at Robin Williams, one of the most famous comedians of all time. He has oh, been yeah. known as the funniest man on earth, more successful than... I mean, they're offering him $60 million to perform at a New Year's Eve bash. And his words was, no, I want to spend it with my family. That's mm-hmm. my more important thing. He turned down like $60 million to perform for a couple of minutes at a New Year's Eve bash. I mean, that's that Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's very commendable of him. You know? Yeah, he just just wanted to spend time with his family. That's all that mattered. Although, you know, (laughs) not being as well off as him, I think, yeah, my wife would tell me to, yeah, take $60 million and uh, do what you can afford to miss one of your days. What the hell is wrong with you, Tom? Yeah, yeah, I mean... You know, yeah, that's what she'd say, you know. So. Yeah. You know, on, on something like that, you know, yeah, we would we would definitely, uh, yeah, we would we would do it. But then again, I don't, I'm not in his well, income bracket either. Well, maybe it was six million. Maybe it was six million. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe well, I'm just. Even so, my wife would still tell me that. Yeah, that's, that's. I could retire for life then, you know. Exactly. It's but, like, but I'm not okay, that funny, nowhere near it. one night, and I'm done the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm nowhere near as funny, you know. So, I can't, you know, I can tell a few jokes here and there, but, you know, Robin Williams could do everything. I mean, but that's yeah. what's going on, you know. Just, I got a book, working on another one. Had two other manuscripts done that I got to kind of go through and, you know, so, so, you know, trying I mean, to try to make it as a writer. Again, and you know, speaking of that, because you know, I've I've written to Nick has written to, and we are sponsored by Black Betsy Books, and you're absolutely right. I mean, what do you what do you love more when it comes to writing? Do you love the craft or do you love the money? The craft. I mean, that I, I'm not exactly making money, and I've written nine <laughs> yeah, books. And, <laughs> yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody, and I'm wondering, Tom, if you got this at at work also, when you're like, wait, you wrote a book? What are you doing working your daytime job? Do you ever yeah. say to them, it's called Books a Million for a Reason? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I heard somebody say it takes at least nine books before you really, really make it, and, you know. So, you know, you know, I'm looking around for an agent or, you know, 
you know, a movie deal like anybody else, you know. So hopefully, you know, one of those things helps out the other. Or if I, you know, somebody thinks, hey, I read your book and I think it'd make a good movie. Hey, great, you know. <laughs> I'll take less on the uptake as long as I get a percentage of the gross on the, you know, on the merchandising, the movie, and the marketing and stuff. Hey, you know. Do you, yeah, oh. I was good. Yeah, you you actually brought up a good point. Okay, fine. Turn my book into a movie. Don't pay me. Just give me the merchandise. That's actually kind of well, cool. Or a percentage of the gross that it makes and the marketing and the merchandising and the DVD sales and rentals. Yeah, that'd be, you know, yeah. Right, you, know, you know, I'd take a little little less on the, you know, royalties for the, you know, on that. Then I, you know, I'm thinking long term. Hey, I'd be smart enough to get a little bit from that, the back end of it, you know, because that's where a lot of the money's made, really. I think. But no, yeah. I write for I love of writing. I've been doing it, you know, since I was a kid. So you know, if I if it wasn't all about the money, I'd have gave up on it a long time ago. But it isn't. It's about you know, because you love to do it, and you, it's you, all about if the I don't craft. do it, I kind of drive myself crazy. Yeah, you know, it's about the craft. I mean, that's why we're all in it, pretty much. I mean, if you write for money, I don't think you're gonna make either, because it doesn't show your love for the, you know, you're not, you're, you're writing for something else other than yourself, I guess. And it shows, I think. You know what I mean? I mean, I think if you write for yourself because you love to do it, that shows more in your work than if you're, oh, i got to do this and make some money, you know. And it's like, no, nah, it doesn't, you know. Yeah, and, you know, I think that, you, I think that you have heard it too. Like, whoa, wait a minute, you wrote a book? Why are you at your daytime? And if he, oh. and Nick has experienced this also, he's like, wait. And when you go to job interviews, they're like, whoa, wait, you wrote a book? Uh-huh. Why are you applying for this job? So you still have to put food on the table and pay your rent and mortgage and yeah, exactly. Car and and other they're things. like, oh wait, you wrote a book, so you're not going to be loyal to the job as soon as you get away. I mean, there's great times that you wrote mm-hmm. this book, but there's also bad time, bad times. I went yeah, to a I mean, job it, interview and you know I told them about Francie and friends. They're like, oh, so. Why are you applying for this job? And it's like because I need the money. Well, how long are you going to be with our company? You know. So, have you found that there's downsides to it too? Yeah, some, sometimes. But I tell them like you know, unless unless something you know really happens where Hollywood comes a call and or you know I get a big time book deal from you know you know name a book company you know. God, you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But Bantam Books or something like that. I mean, you know, or Hollywood makes decides, hey, Tom, we want to make a movie out of your book, you know. But in the meantime, I got to also make a living otherwise and pay for, you know, you know, pay for 
you know, things and stuff, but, you know, it's, this is what I do in my free time. That doesn't mean I would do it on the job. But I got to have oh. an outlet for my creativity in my free time. Uh, so, you know. On, we got a caller. Okay. And I'm trying to wake up my, uh, I'm trying the to intern? wake up my, uh, my intern. Did they fall asleep or are they? I'm hello, area called two four zero. Area code two four zero. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. I was also writing a book. You wrote a book? Yes, yes. Oh. It, 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 well, I, it hasn't been published yet. I'm looking very Wait. forward to the publishing date, which should probably be July 1st. I'm very excited about it. And what is your book called? Well, it's called Child Molestation, An Insider's Take of Devastating uh, Feelings. And and the worst that can happen. It's a long title. I know that. You might want to shorten the title. Is it, well, is that what you think? Do uh, you think I should shorten it up? Because I, I, before I release it, I, I really want some advice. Because oh, it's shorten the title. You think I should work on the title? Well, the content, I think, is there. Because I was molested as a child. Um by my father, he would stick probably three fingers in my butthole at any given time. It was terrible. Like, I... I, yeah, that's I, yeah. too much information. So, yeah. I mean, two, um, two fingers at a time you know, with a... With, with, if I did something good. a father's three fingers in the butthole child... Maybe you, you want to call to it shocker. I don't think uh, I should no. put that in the title. I think we got to hang up. I, uh, you got to love live radio. I don't, feel that I don't think I'm going to yeah. sell many books. Three butts and three fingers. In- yeah, maybe I, I didn't uh, hang up on them. I just wanted to put on mute. And mm. Tom... I call it shocker. That's what they call it shocker in some instances. I don't know. I mean, maybe we do. Maybe molested or something. Or telling me we got another one. Come on. Um. Hello. Uh, I believe this might be Nicholas Grabowski. Hello, Nicholas. Is it? I'm not sure. Is it? Oh, yeah, I think it is. Sounds like him. It sounds like Nick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm me. Yeah, I'm here somewhere. Oh, there I am. Yeah, we're pretty sure okay. you're you, too. Yeah, no, I'm not you, too. I, I'm not four people that, that are the greatest rock and roll singers of all time. I am just me. Oh, no, they ain't the greatest. The Beatles. 
<laughs> now let's not start a debate here. It's just a simple joke, Tom. <laughs> okay, well I didn't think it was a debate. There's no debate about it. <laughs> no, there's not. That you, you two's hands down. No, I, I'm just kidding. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah. I know. So I am here. You know what I was trying to do is I was trying to use my other phone number um, oh. uh, to uh, to call in with my uh, with my microphone and the system I got set up for my show that I'm still trying to. You know, uh, um, you know, go through, learn all the ropes about, and mm-hmm. and it just didn't work. I couldn't call in the show that way, so I'm just using my damn cell phone. So here I am. Okay. So you were the guy with the the, the story idea, huh? No, 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 no. Who was oh. that? Is he, I don't he know. still here? Uh, no, I I put him on mute, but he hung up when I put him on mute. Oh, so that was a real oh, okay. Because I was when yeah, I was trying to call in with the other number, I was listening to that. I was half wondering what that was all about, but I was trying to pay attention to what I was doing. Oh well, that, uh, you know, I mean, well, I, it, it, we don't want to give away too much mute. in the book. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was I had nothing to do with that one. Yeah. I mean, you might want to call that one Ultimate Betrayal or Molested or a short title. I mean, it shouldn't should be more than four words, actually. Call them up at midnight. Yeah. Why would I call? Uh, you know, Francie, if Francie. Please put your two Francie, if you come out here, it's going to echo. The oh. phones are too close together. So you got to you got to stay inside, and I'll I'll stand out here. Uh oh. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was I thought that was a crazy call. I I think that I, I it sounds like it was a legitimate crank call. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It was brilliant. Uh, Fran- Francie, they can't hear you. You're talking and you muted oh. your phone. They <laughs> did. I guess that's one of those moments well, you, you wanted this- for the live show. Yeah, you know, this reminds me though of the days when we had our apartment, and uh, and there was always echoes because we we each had own phones, and then after a while it was just like one phone, so mostly mm-hmm. I would stick to my computer when she'd do her show, and then and then just uh, she'd pass the phone to me. I've been absent a lot for a while though because most of the time when she's doing her show I'm working, and I'm always. I always seem to be working anyway. I'm always trying to meet deadlines. Latest of which is um, I uh, well Jason Gaylord's book. If Jason's listening, uh, and I I did post this a couple of times earlier on on our group page on Facebook, but cinema mm-hmm. is coming, Jason. But uh, but Tom Sawyer's book is actually out now, and you can buy it uh, virtually anywhere. Books are sold online, and uh, he's going to be doing a convention too. So, have you talked about that? I'm I, I heard yeah, friends like asking you questions about the book, but uh, Whiteout, isn't it? Yep, it's Whiteout. Yep, and I'll uh, be at Motor City Nightmares in Novi, Michigan, coming this next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, yeah, that's going to be a big event. Yeah, George Romero's so, oh. there, and. Uh, Julian Sands, Tracy Lords, um, I'm trying to think who else, Sid Haig, 
Um, just to name a few, you know, all D Wallace. So, you know, you got the big Tiffany Shepherds is supposed to be there too. So you got a few, the regular great bunch of horror people. So, oh, cool. So you're going to be like uh, in and out from your too. table. You're going to be just probably like uh, like everybody does. I, I I know I when I do tables at conventions, make appearances and so and such, and there's like celebrities around. Um, I uh, <laughs> spend half of my time at my table and half the time going to everybody else. But you have to schmooze. Yeah. You have to say hi. You have to meet people, and and these are our idols, you know, too. So it's like yeah. we're just I mean, as much fans as anybody else that, that attends these things. Yeah, we are. And it's a kind of what I like about this convention, it's in one main room in a hotel. And it's kind of a more intimate show. You're actually not so far off from, I mean, there was times I was probably 20 feet from like D. Wallace one year and uh, maybe 40 feet from William Forsythe another year. I mean, it was really, it was really cool. And they stopped by. Oh. Michael Rooker one year stopped by. Hey, how's it going? How's the show going for you? You know, you know it's kind of cool that they walk by and talk to you. And they see a lot of them are back again every year. And they come up and say hi, like Dee Wallace does. And, you know, it's just, it's it's a much more intimate, personable show. I, I like it actually better than I do Motor City Comic Con because of that. It's ah. a more intimate one-on-one times at times when it's not busy. So, you know, oh, yeah. that's kind of a nicer, you know, I like, I think I like that smaller, more intimate venue. Yeah. I, so. I, I like conventions like that, that, um, uh, I, I hesitate to say low key because, you know, for, I mean, they they are what they are. They're not huge. Like, you know, like big hey. Comic-Con conventions where mm-hmm. you're absorbed into the, your little spot and nobody really notices you, even though there's thousands mm. of people there. They're more interested in the bigger stuff. But yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I've uh, that's where I've uh, gotten to get to know a lot of like um, people I've never met that are icons of mine that I look up to in those those more intimate situations. Yeah, Francie keeps like, well, hold on, Francie, what? what? We this got it. We show. got another caller. Oh, there you are. <laughs> there you I got are. another caller. Cool. Put him on. Hey. Or her, or it. As long as it's or not them. a ring around the collar. You know, it's not just me saying we got another caller. I'm getting thrown beanbags at me now. That might be hollow, eh, Boo Boo? You better resist now. Your phone's ringing. Yeah. Area code 201. Oh my gosh, we got a lot of callers. Uh, 201. Hello? And 352. Hello? Hello? It's me? Hello? How are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I don't know who you put two people on at the same time. Uh, Am I on? Am I on? You're on. You're on top of yourself, playing with yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no, I, I'm actually working on a novel. It's a, it's pretty good. It's a history novel. Cool. I like history. Yeah. Are you bored? 
What's the time period? What's the era or the history? Face fucking. With the butthole. You're wasting your time with that. You might as well play with yourself. Who's Facebooking? What is your area code? It's Joseph Stalin and me in the history of Facebooking. We all windmill and. We have an area code, you reject, misfit, motherfucker. Tell them your area code. Uh, sounds like oh, slang play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you can make a book out of that, but good luck to you. I'm right here. I'm right here. Mm. I'm right here. Sometimes. This is slang blade. You dumb busters. This slang blade right here. Mm. I'm right here. I'm right here. Well, anyways, Nicholas, you still there? Uh, yeah, I'm still there. I, 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 it sounds like Sling Blade or something. I, I, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, and right where, what planet right do you come from? Billy mm. Bob Thornton. Right here tonight. Billy Jim Bob right Thornton or whatever. Why don't you ask me? I'm sorry. Yeah, here. Oh, uh, I don't like coffee. Okay. Make my sugar get high, you know. Mm. Mm. Huh. Francie, well, she's giving away a kitten all of a sudden. You got you got a uh, guy that sounds like Sling. Uh, who are you? What planet are you from again? I think I think mm. You guys sound like a oh. player. You sound like he sucked dick. Yeah. Got any banjo music in the background like there? Playing like with my daddy, the little baby I put in the, in the box. Mm. Hey, hey, I know, I know. Sound like uh, George of uh, from Mice and Men. I bet you could do that to do Sling Blade so well. You're like, oh, well, you go to rabbit. I don't like penis. Penis. I don't like penis. I don't like it. I, I, mm. I, 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 I don't like really penis. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I eat penis almost every morning with eggs. <laughs> With eggs and ham yeah. and panish, a little panish, like a mixed in. Green eggs. And a little and bit ham. of a, like yeah. a panish omelet. You read a book too much. Sounds like you got a little, like a kind of like a, oh, like a, like a virus something there. Yeah, I got yeah, I know Shep, something. Shep Goptis. Yeah, Shep Goptis. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. This makes for a great. You know what's going on? If only I had a camera behind the scenes, because right now what's happening is we got we got guy that sounds like Sling Blade on the phone. We got a guy mm-hmm. whose name is Tom Sawyer on the phone. That's actually not who think he is. He's uh, a great horror novelist, and you got to check out his books. And then mm-hmm. there's little old me mm-hmm. on the phone talking to you. And then there's I'm Francy selling, selling a freaking kitten. I'm not selling this. I'm not <laughs> telling you. Give me a kiss. During her show. Nine two nine. Uh two eight nine nine. Go nine nine. nine. Six four six. Nine nine. Nine two nine two nine nine. Two eight nine nine. Oh yeah. I can't believe that she. Oh, take me to run down on the school bus and make sure they get home tonight. Yeah. 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 Hey, 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 hey,
tell the folks on your, on your podcast what's going on right now. I need some women to name. I'm getting some very nice special kitties. They're home. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh. You make biscuits. You make biscuits, butter biscuits. I like them. I love them. Mm. I'll butter your biscuit. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. You play the banjo? I no, 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 no. Do you want to leave it here and come back and get it tomorrow? Is that okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she must be selling drugs. <laughs> on there. I only found one. Hey, there's there's a lot of people I hope that's not right, going right. on. We're going to come back and get it I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, I don't believe in it. Leave it alone. Thank you very much. Yeah, both of us. It's his mom and dad. Or um, yes, mm-hmm. I don't know. His mom or dad uh, were... Uh, we think that they were she probably like went on a 900 call, you know, weighed 350 pounds, selling their pussy on a radio show. Weigh about 300 pounds, you know. 900 call. God bless you. Um, did Nick play a joke on me tonight? Oh, we got a caller. We do. We got a ring around the collar. I've been here all along. Right? We got a sling blade around the car. Mm. Where are your pimps? Did you hear any more, any more southern Area people got to say the healing bandles for you? How, how much longer now? How much longer now? I've been here all night. It's uh, okay. I, I have mental problems, but I've been sitting here drinking and drinking. Mm. Mm. Waiting to talk to somebody tonight. <clears throat> People don't like me. <clears throat> okay. Um, area code 823 813. Oh, fuck them. <clears throat> they should know how to call in. They should know I'm mental. All right. I'll come All right. Into they can't pick up the phone. Don't even talk to them. It's a waste of time. They'll probably come from a mental <laughs> institution. Fucking retards. <clears throat> Uh, A23? Hey, stupid. Yeah? Hey, stupid. How much longer do I gotta yeah, wait for this car? Hey, uh-huh. hey, quit putting me on hold. How much longer do I gotta wait for this stupid car? Uber head. <laughs> Uber wait, boy. Wait. Yeah, Uber boy. Want to make a living trying to be an Uber boy, and then you don't even pick people up when you're supposed to. I've been waiting here an hour and a half. I've tied my shoes ten times now. Watched an episode of Cops on my on my on my on my friggin' phone, waiting for my stupid Uber. I should have just called a taxi cab. You guys are stupid. You're stupid. John, please tell me you're still here. I just can't believe I'm going to wait all this time for a stupid Uber. Wait, wait. <laughs> okay. Stupid. So I'll make up a want, song about you. you. Want... Here's the song. I'm going to make a song about your stupid Uber. I'm waiting for my stupid Uber. My stupid Uber. My stupid, stupid Uber. You're stupid if you call for an Uber. Because it's stupid. Call a taxi instead. Stupid. <laughs> 
that's real smart. That's why I called you. You don't even know where the. I'm on fifteen twelve Adams Temple Street. Stupid. <laughs> and I'm having a beer. You can't get my stupid Uber here. Stupid. <laughs> stupid Uber. My friend, my friend Dick Maxwell says, call an Uber if you're too drunk to go home. And I go, what's an Uber? And he's like, an Uber is a car, and they'll come get you, and they'll pick you up, and they'll drive you home. Well, you didn't tell me I had to wait a damn hour and a half for a stupid Uber. Uber. Uber and out. Oh, 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 oh. Laughing. Laughing because you don't know what an Uber is. Stupid. I promise you, sir, if you wait out in the street light for... Ten more minutes. I promise we will pick you up. You think I'm going to wait ten more minutes? I've already been here 90, an hour and a half. If you add 60 and 30, oh, oh, that's 90, we are and that's really an hour and a half. Sorry you want me to wait? Hey, hey, stupid, stupid, don't Uber. talk when Did I'm you hey, use the stupid. App? Don't, don't talk when I'm talking, stupid. I want you <laughs> I want you here like in 30 seconds, Okay. Well, uh, uh, can you give us uh, 15 minutes because I'm looking at the next Uber driver and he's 15 minutes away. Can you please? No, my first one, my first one, my first one. What happened to the first one? And 90 minutes ago, the first one. Stupid. (laughs) Stupid Uber. What about it? Well, I think his uh, Prius broke down. He, you know, I don't give a crap if he broke down. You tell him to put some bubble gum on that axle and get his butt over here now to 1612 Aquaman Street. Now, stupid. Stupid Uber. I'm going to make a song about you. I'm is. waiting on my stupid Uber. It's the stupidest Uber I know. You should call a taxi. Never call an Uber because the Uber will screw you good. Yeah. Stupid Uber.
Do you think the Uber guy's going to call us back, too? This has been a crazy show. That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Uh, what? Oh, no. Hamsters. Okay. 352 is calling back in. Should we? What area code is that? Because he lost me for a minute. Oh, I had to call okay. back. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm sitting here. Okay, I think we got a haunted line. I, I'm, I'm really how things have been going. And I'm sitting here. Oh, okay. And it's just you and I, and there's whispers. Hmm. Well, I hope the Uber driver, uh, Uber guy calls back because he was funny. Well, I'm I sent him a Yugo for his Uber or a Mini Cooper, something real small, cramped. You know. That'd be great for like a, a, a radio commercial like Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then again I'm the type that would think too bad they don't make uh GPS uh voices like Vincent Price or Christopher Lee or something too, so I'm more that way. What do you think? GPS with Vincent Price voice. Vincent Price? Yeah. Doing like directions on GPS. <laughs> wow, that would that, that would actually be great. Right on That would actually be great to have Vincent Price as a GPS voice. That is you know, just have your horror selection, you know. Christopher Lee, Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, Morris Karloff, you know. Some guy at, at Google Incorporated uh, is probably listening to this right now, and he's probably going to his superiors going, hey, I've got this great idea. <laughs> yeah, wow, but that is really great. That's really cool. I, I, would, I would get it. I would, that, that would be an app for me. It would you know. be like the Gordon Ramsay uh, GPS. The Gordon Ramsay. No. Well, I will tell you. Your celebrity, celebrity. Yeah. like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. 
got to turn right at the light. Right at the light. Head to the drama. <laughs> yeah. If you don't turn left, I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't go funny. looking for Sarkana. She doesn't live on that street. I like that. Never mind. And anyway, yeah. we start, maybe we start our own uh, uh, future brother sideline business or something. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, Nicholas, I was saying, uh, I like the smaller conventions. I mean, I think the Comic-Cons are getting kind of pricey and expensive because... You know, I just, uh, well, yeah. The the bigger they get, the more pricey they yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, the, one the in tables are just like really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the it's one re- in Michigan. It's really a good to strategy to keep to forty dollars alone. Oh, that's cool. You yeah, know, you know forty dollars um, to get in, and then you count parking. That's before you even get through the door to buy anything. You know so. that that. That table that I got, that appearance I made in January, which is the only one I've done in a couple of years, only reason why I really did that is because it was it was really cheap, and the guy that that um, uh, put it on uh, came over for our Halloween like big extravaganza outside, and and uh, and he said, hey, I just live down the street and I do like little cons around town, so that was a great hookup for that. Um, but it inspired me to actually want to do more. I'm looking at SACCON in October, next October and stuff, but I'm so busy. Um, you know, the the problem with me, if if you uh-huh. call it a quote-unquote problem with me and running Black Bedsheet is, uh, uh, and I can't avoid it. I, it's unavoidable is putting too much on my plate. Because if, yeah. you, if you start out the year um, – Going okay. Uh, last year I put too much on my plate. This year I'm not. Uh, I'm lying to myself. There's always going to be more than you know because things like snowball. Uh, there's cool. there's uh, all kinds of things that I start out doing and then it turns into more stuff and then more stuff. Uh, yeah, and it's like not because of me. It's because of things that are backlogged or things that you know. So it's just it's weird like that and. And wrapped up into the whole snowball are like things that I want to do, like conventions and things too. And I just, and I'm trying to make it a point to actually do that and get out now a lot more than I have in the last couple of years. Um, but you know, that's what I have authors for too. I mean, you guys are living, breathing human beings <laughs> that just don't do nothing but write books and send them to me. I mean, you, you've got, yeah. you know, um, you can help too. So, um, and it's it's really good uh, to see um, to see authors actually going out and promoting and going to conventions and actually walking the walk. Um, because yeah, I mean you got to be you got to believe in yourself. You got to take the steps and you can't uh, yeah. just you rely on just an, an independent publisher. Even if I was a big publisher at a high rise building in New York. If you don't do anything, if you don't make appearances yeah. anyway, I mean, it's just what then, you know, I mean, so it just, yeah. uh, it works out and it shows me that you have passion and you, my friend, have shown me passion time and time again over the years too. You're um, one of my 10 pole authors now. Um, and one of your so, I mean, uh, we've got some good tent pole authors. It's a, uh-huh. you know, like a term, like a, a foundation author almost. Okay. Uh, like you know, somebody we've done things over the years, and so you're kind of a staple for Black Bed Sheet. Not kind of, you are. 
Thank you. Uh, and yeah, and well, thank you too for sticking by by me and uh, and Black Bedsheet too over the years. A lot of authors come and go, and I've published a lot of authors over the years. And um, um, uh, probably I can, if I think about it, maybe out of all of them, there's been maybe 20, 20 or 25 that has stuck with me for the whole, like, you know, seven, eight years. You weren't there at the very beginning, but you came around like the first year and a half or so, I think, with Shadows in the Dark. Um and uh, you know, so you've been with me for a while. You've published with me uh, "Shadows in the Dark," uh, "Dark Harbors," um, uh, uh, "Paradise from Paradise to Hell," "White Out." Uh, I feel like I'm missing something. No, no those, those, those four. Those are the four. Yeah, there'll be more in store. Believe me, I, you know, there'll be more in store. I just working on one now. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know what you should yeah. do, though, <laughs> and good advice to anybody that's listening, too, is um, uh, don't just stick with me. I, I mean, I'm grateful for you and everything, but take that, especially short stories and stuff. Submit them to magazines if you have enough. Right? I'm sure that you have a little bit. I'm trying. Not I, keep getting rejected. I keep getting rejected a lot. Uh, of times. I was like, oh, really? I thought that was a pretty decent story. I mean, well, what the heck? You keep trying. Do they so. give you any criticism? Anybody give you any criticism for it? And say no. Why? They just yeah, say it's yeah. not what they're looking for at this time, or it doesn't fit their whatever. So you know, I figure, you know, because you, you know, know one thing, read, you know, one thing that people ask me a lot in like interviews or just you know just mm-hmm. you know for when they're seeking advice or whatever um, is uh, one thing in the industry that has. Um, that has uh, has stuck around uh, for a long time and and uh, and hasn't changed at all in decades, uh, and that is rejection letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's still rare, just as it was back in the day, way back in the day. It, it, it's still the same. Where uh, it all boils down to, um, a lot of publishers can't respond to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think that's always the way it's going to be. I mean, um, you know, it's always going to be robots or something. Unless uh, unless a publisher is really impressed, but they still say no, then they would go out of their way. Like, you know, I, I would understand that. I've done that before, too. And uh, most of the time, I don't reject anybody. I get so many uh, submissions that if I accept them, I'll reach out to them. If I don't accept them, over time, uh, so very, very few get pissed off if I don't respond, and I, I've noticed that if people got pissed off, and if uh, it was something that was pertinent to keeping Black Bedsheet Books as a respectable publisher, then that would be something else that I would spend a lot of extra time. But no, actually, so I don't have to respond to everybody, but I look at everything, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, if I want something, then I want something, and I, you know. But um, yeah. well, you know, and, the and rejection is part of the game. It's just kind of you write for yourself, and if somebody else don't like it, you still you know, you know, find a place oh, for it, or yeah. you know, stop it around or whatever. But that's kind of the, you know, I started off in journalism, writing for newspapers, so you know that it's the same, but it's different. I mean, the editors change and critique and 
do we help? I don't like it oh, or whatever. Sure. And, you know, just kind but of it's still writing for anything is like that. writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, Any it's, kind of writing is is uh, training. It's just like uh, it's just like Rocky. <laughs> you know, it's just like bodybuilding. It's it's like anything like that. Where the more you do it, the better you get, and the, you know, more skills you get, and the more uh, the more like um, you know, umph and uh, and all that. One thing I learned so, about from journalism is you have to get them in the first sentence or paragraph. You know, early in the story, what, where, when, why, and how, and. It, it, you learn that, and that's like I always thought. Well, I, I got to be entertaining, so I got to grab the reader as quickly as possible. So that's, that's yeah, one and of my fill it with pertinent content. Get, yeah. yeah, you know, try to yeah, grab them right away and give them a nice ride. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, give them a nice ride. That's a good way of putting it. It's just like with anything, fiction or non. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, nobody wants to be bored or anything. They they want mm-hmm. to. Uh, they want to absorb what you got and, and uh, got to like, um, uh, you know, allow for the absorption. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I have my own rules where it's like in the beginning you grab them and then you give them a nice roller coaster ride of ups and downs, twists and turns and, you know, the unexpected, the expected, the, you know, a kind of a smorgasbord of different things and, you know, I like injecting humor into horror at times because not everything is dead serious, always frightening. Or sometimes, you know, something stupid or funny happens in the middle of, you know, of something, you know. So, you yeah. Know, so, then I guess, but yeah. the most important part is to have a good story. Everything else comes secondary. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that, that is right. You know, you could be the best writer in the world and develop the most colorful images and descriptions and all that. And if the story is kind of, you know, just uh, then, I mean, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you got to have uh, have a good storyline and well-developed mm-hmm. characters and, and show them the whole nine yards, not just the scenery, but the, yeah. the, the, the meaty pulp, which are the characters and the story. So, and both of them are one rule of writing: be entertaining, be entertaining, be entertaining. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully I'm entertaining. You know, I try to. You know, it's funny. Like when I do these conventions, one thing I find out is I, I got kind of a, a returning base every year that comes out. What do you got out this year? What do you got out this year? It's like, man, I got to write enough to keep up. You know, for these people to come back. You know. Oh well, yeah, so, that's true. You know, that's that's true, and you do every single year that I've known you. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I try. Yeah. I, I have two other manuscripts done that you know, but I, this one will be the third. And I'm gonna go back to writing some novels because uh, it's like, well, boy, you know, gotta get something, you know, pump it out there, just like you know, in journalism, you gotta hurry up and deadline, 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 and be accurate, you know. There it's just be accurate, 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 and this is kind of a different take. It's be entertaining and everything else. So yeah, you know, you know don't sacrifice deadlines too much for story. No, so even no, if they miss a but, convention or a certain, uh, you know, you gotta um, uh, 
you know, exercise your writing and keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. The better you do it, the better you get. And you get better mm-hmm. with each book. Uh, a whiteout um, has uh, a lot of better um, stuff in it than um, some of your short stories, even though your short stories are good. And this was, um, uh, you know, um, it, 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 it had a, more of a cerebral quality to it when it comes to what the characters um, do when they get intertwined and things like I was talking to you about before on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Uh, it's really good stuff, and uh, you got to keep working on imagery and description and all that and painting yeah. a picture. But well, I uh, like you know, I mean, uh, people I that get better at. Yeah, and people that. Um, um, Read your stuff. I mean, uh, and they just like you said at the conventions and stuff. They come back for more. What are you doing this year? And so you're you're doing a really good job of building your career slowly. And you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. But look at you, and mm-hmm. you have a lot to yeah. be proud of. You know, the best compliment I ever had. This was when I was at Motor City Comic Con two years ago. Somebody drove all the way from, I think they said they drove 17 hours from Western Canada to come there because they heard Dark Harbors had come out. And they wanted, they read Shadows in the Dark and they wanted to get the kind of the short story tie in. And I thought, wow. And then they asked, will you take a picture with me? And I go, I'll take as many as you want with me. You drove 17 hours just to get to Michigan from, I think he said Calgary, Alberta, or something like that. Oh, wow. You know, it was. I thought it had to be more than 17 hours, but, you know, and they came to my table first to get my book. So that's kind of like, wow, that's, that means a lot. You know, when you hear people do that, and I was like, wow, that must've really, you know, that, that just was like, that, that was one of the best compliments I think I've ever had. Wow. You know, yeah. Those are I, real fans. Yeah. That's real fans. You know, that was just, so that's, you know, and I, Told her, you know, I told her, I was, she goes, yeah, I, got, I think she got some of the other books from, like, Lead Sheet books, too. I can't remember which one she said, but just because I was so stunned that she drove so far. And, you know, I was like, wow. Uh, you know, when writers hear that, it's like, wow, I must be doing something right a little bit, you know. I must have a little bit of talent somewhere. And <laughs> that just, you, I do. Don't want to ever, you do. I just wow. don't want to ever take advantage of, you know. You're like, yeah, I'm this, I'm this, and it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm only as good as the people think I am when they want to keep buying it and come back for more. So I try to stay humble a little bit, you know. Well, you have to always. That's, yeah, that's. I mean, writing's a lonely endeavor, and it's humbling at times because you can be there. And, I mean, I've, I've just as many times as I've been writing, I've been pounding my head on the desk, and uh, oh, oh, you know. You know, yeah, so. that happens a lot too. Um, uh, one of these days, I'll have times like that again because I I really need to. Uh, I've managed to squeeze out a few short stories here and there for magazines and such, but um, lately not really. But I got to start doing that again too, if not anything else, short stories. <laughs> yeah, I know me. I know me and Jason keep talking about teaming up on a story idea I had called Dust, and it deals with some kind of Lovecraftian horror in the Old West, so I got to send the details on that for, you know. Oh, well, that's groovy. So yeah, you and Jason uh, have been talking a little and, and got yep. something potentially yep. going. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
I keep telling them we got to get with you and tell you you got to do another read us or die book called read us or die again. Yeah. Oh, again. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I'm not much apologies, but I've been <laughs> doing some, um, and, uh, it's, it's about time for another read us or die. Uh, I, I'm really surprised that all the original authors from readers or die, nobody's pulled out of it. Yeah, we just keep it going, and that's great. I'm, I'm, yeah. I hope it goes the on for could, like a while said, more. It's called "Read Us or Die Again." I thought that was a catchy title. You know? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but, um, yeah. We're talking about. I got to get with him because I, I had the information of these. Basically, you know, this town called Deepwell out in the west. Something happens, and something comes up out of the well, and you know. Ter- horror terrifies the town and its people. Oh, that's cool. You know, you know, I, I don't know why I think about the old west, but it's not, you know, you have a bounty hunter, a sheriff, and a outlaw having to, you know, get together. So that some of the storyline. I just gotta flesh out the characters and stuff. But he's a good writer. Oh, I like cool. his stuff, and you know, yeah. Well, yeah, you oh, both are me. great. That would be very interesting to see you getting together. Hey, Francie, what about that? What about Jason uh, uh, Gaylord and and Tom Sawyer coming what together? What the hell? Mind blown. Yeah, here. Hey. Wait, blow the, yeah, blow the, the roof show. off the show, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get the little baby kitten from underneath the bed. Yeah, because, oh... oh it has been so busy here. And in fact, during the show, we had people saying, can we get those other two kittens? And just a little mystery. We'll put it on the, and, and we'll put it on an unpredictable show. They're old that, enough. Right? They're old enough. And she doesn't want the kitties anymore. And I'm trying to protect the kitties. And the kitty's underneath the bed, and I'm actually digging for a kitty now. Well, at least your show is unpredictable like you wanted. I know. That is exactly what we wanted. We wanted to talk about guys that are saying, I'll give you two fingers up the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know... I don't know who we've got to pay homage to other than Aaron Moran dying from Happy Days with Don Rickles. Mr. Oh, Mr. War. There's there's Runty. Hold on. I'm I'm literally digging for a kitten underneath the bed now and little Miss Kitty out she's attacking me again. I think oh. she gave me a blister on my lip. Honey, I'm. Oh, I'm trying to think of what could be a better show right now. For I'm literally no. trying to dig for a kitten and trying to get it from underneath the bed. Well, but you know, it has know. been a great show. Yeah, but it's. You know, it's been different. It's been wild, actually. Talked about writing. I mean, with Nicholas literally, and... how do you? I mean, I got a 
big cat scratch on my lip right now. Thank you, little Miss Kitty. And she's flopping her tail literally in front of my face. We had uh, somebody calling for a lift driver. And I don't know who the guy was that wanted us to stick three things in his butt. I don't know. That was really out there. I thought that was a very educated me on that one. I thought Nicholas was put a joke on me that time. I I literally thought that Nick did too, and he goes, "I don't even know who three one two is." And right now I'm I'm literally trying to pull the kitty out from underneath the bed and. Holy crap, I've been looking for that slipper for over a year. I bought... Nick, I bought this slipper on Black Friday. I can't find the kitten. That was. Tom, I was so hoping that this, like... A reunion show would be so much better, and now I'm, I'm digging for a kitten. Oh, Wait, don't sweat it. It'll Nick get better. This might first. have a little savage. What, Nick? Yeah. Don't sweat it. The next one will be better. I mean, you know, when we get Dawn back. That'll add to it too. What Hopefully did you say was on my other sock, Nick? Nick? Uh-huh. Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. Did you want Should me to tell my fart joke? Should we put this on private? I'm right here. Okay. Um, Tom, yes. let's try this show again tomorrow night and let's do it better. I don't know if I can do tomorrow night. I got something going. I mean, Monday nights are bad. I'm not wasted and I'm not under the bed. Okay. Let's. Nobody was supposed to know that Joe Winecoop was the prank caller. That was good, though. He was good. Okay, okay. Tom. Yes. Called in. That's when people started showing up at the driveway about the kids. During that other chaos. And then we started talking. That was a good time. We should just edit it. Okay, Nick says, let him listen. What do you say, Tom? What? What? Well, who listened? I didn't. Couldn't hear it. 
Okay, Nick says let it play. Oh, the cat? Yeah. No, you got to talk into this phone. Oh. Uh, can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, at first I was talking to Francie's cell phone, and I realized that's the cell phone that doesn't work. And then I was talking to this phone, uh, last like three minutes, and 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 um, I was on mute. So I pulled a Francie. <laughs> she does that sometimes. I think that's something we've all pulled before. It, yeah. <laughs> you know. I didn't realize it was on mute, and I was just talking. No wonder I didn't get the responses. That's what happens when nobody can hear you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah, well, Francie, though, it was a good show. That was Joel Weinkoop that was on the phone yeah. as uh, Bling Blade. You said that you would give him credit. I heard you when you talked to him earlier on the phone. You'd say at the you said at the oh. very end of your show, you would, like, say that was Joel Weinkoop. So, yeah. So, yeah. He did a nice Bling Blade. Was that was good. Too. I, I thought it was something, you know, I didn't know that was him. I mean, that was, you know. But that first one, I think that first one, uh, the very first one towards the beginning of the show, I didn't know what that was about at all. I know that there was a couple of, like, funny people that might go. Uh, like that Brown Uber there? Thing, I don't know. But Sling Blade, that was Joel Weinkoop, boys and girls, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, that's not Joel Weinkoop is Sling Blade. Yeah. Oh, who was that? I don't, know who three, I don't know who Three Finger Brown was, though. You know. I don't know. What was the Uber one? That was that was a strange call. Oh, Uber was Joel Weinkoop. Oh, okay, okay. Well, credit where credit's due. I died. I didn't know which one. I swear to God, I didn't know. Okay, well, yeah. Here you was both. Joel D. Weinkoop on Friends and Friends as the... Uber guy. I said Joel D. No, you said Joel B. No, I said D. As in Doris. As in Daddy. As in Diarrhea. Oh. As in Dilapidated. As in uh, Diameter. Doomsday. D Day. Or Day of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, Francie. Well, yeah. uh, here, here. Well, this is John Link. It was a good show. We uh, so. found out how you put three fingers up, up. But as I call them, three finger brown. Yeah. All right. The old, the old baseball so player, three finger brown. So let's this next week. Sounds like a plan. I'll be here. All right. Did you ever want to hear my fart joke? Yes, I do want to hear your fart joke. Okay, this kid gets home from the war, and, you know, he runs into the house. Ma, Pa, I'm home from the war. And uh, he runs into his grandma and says, land's sake, son, glad you're back. Your ma's in the kitchen. Go see her. And says, Ma, I'm home from the war. Where's Pa and Grandpa at? Because they're out in the back 40. Head out there and, you know see them and you know he runs out 
to his father in the back 40, and he's standing there. You know, I thought, Pa, I'm home from the war. And he hugs him and everything. He goes, well, that's great, son. What would you do in the war? And he goes, well, I killed me some Japs in the Pacific. And he goes, well, how'd you kill them? And he goes, well, I killed some with a machine gun and some with my a rifle, and others I killed here with this hand grenade. And he goes, a hand grenade? What's that? He goes, well, it's this thing. It's a bomb. You pulled a pin, and then he threw it. It landed on the outhouse, and it blew up the outhouse. There's dirt and crap and outhouse cords and everything in the air as they're hitting the ground, and they, they pop up after everything's still flying around in the ground after it blown up the outhouse, and they're looking around, and up pop Grandpa, the outhouse, he goes, man, I'm sure glad I didn't let that in the house. Well, I told you what. What can you say? It was a fart joke, so, you know. It it was a good one. It was a good one. And, in fact, uh, Charlie, he says, laying a fart is, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Next week, we're going to get a guest on. Let's do it. I'm for it. I'll be there. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I will I'll think see of a better joke you. I will then. talk to you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Take care. Okay. Have a good one. You and Nick. Yeah. Talk to you next Sunday. Private, because I don't know who that three finger guy is, and we'll call him three finger. Joel D. Weinkoop, we're gonna we'll get him back on the show. And oh, Joel D. Weinkoop was great. He was great. Oh yeah, he, he was, was the Uber great. guy. Yeah. Of course. Okay. I okay. Never forget about Joel D. Then, then Slingblade was actually the real Slingblade. My favorite people in this world, and. So let's let's redo this again. Let's get again. Well, yeah, but keep this live though. I mean, yeah. Do the sh- what, Nick? I mean, not keep it live. I mean, keep it uh, so that people can listen. Oh. It's a funny, funky show. Lots of information, especially with Tom Tom Sawyer's wife. Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, no. some okay, of the stuff, okay. some We're- of the stuff that. Hey, um, some of the I, stuff that Tom White, uh, that Tom talked you, about, I might put in like a a small trailer for Whiteout, too. I might like edit a couple of snippets, um, cool. and uh, and you. have towards the end of the hey, of the trailer maybe well, have Tom's voice let me, say let me a couple of things about this, it. Because this is all out of due respect to him. Actually, do you want to keep this show live? Sure. All right. I'm sure. I'm cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Then we'll keep it live. And I got to tell you, there's going to be a lot of bloopers that are going to be played on the 60 year anniversary. 60 year. Yeah. Yeah. You you usually do that, Francis. From this show. And, folks, uh, anybody else out there that's uh, listening, um, this year actually promised this. And developing it, uh, I kind of, you know, um, last year I I announced it, uh, last March uh, 2016, 
and uh, it's it's taken like this long because there's so many other things to do. I mean, when you, when it comes to like having a your own radio show, your own YouTube podcast type thing, um, with the kind of vision that I have for it, at least, uh, it takes a little while. And I've got a business to run where I actually have to publish real books and anything like um, radio shows, kind of like secondary to the actual putting out the the product. But um, but uh, I it's uh, I'm so close. Uh, I've got everything I need. I've been practicing, and uh, so that I when in live moments, some of it's going to be pre-recorded. But but in live moments, I'll be able to like um, that. That's the thing that's holding me back is uh, is 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 learning the software like the back of my hand, so that I can switch cameras, switch you know whatever I need to do for the visual stuff. He wants to three finger you right in the butthole. Well, uh, depending on if it's uh, audio, then I'd be able to. We'd be able to uh, like uh, let uh, everybody listen in on what he has to say with that butthole thingy. Um, but um, other guests will actually have video, like uh, you know, uh, webcams and stuff, and I'll be able to, um, you know switch cameras and things there'll be live people right here with me and uh and other stuff and then we'll have like uh special effects stupid special effects like if i if i um interview somebody serious um the video part it'll start out being serious but for you folks out there i'll probably put a burger king um like little uh thing on the top of his head while he's talking during it um in post-production and then when i bring it out to the world our interview uh with uh, like stephen hawking he'll have like a like a like a burger king um little uh you know remember Bur- you used to go into burger king as a kid you used to come out with these like little stupid cardboard crowns on the top of your head oh, Stop. oh yeah that. oh yeah oh the burger king crowns oh i think everybody might get a burger King crown and my show. I know. I don't know. I don't, you know, um, a lot of things are going to happen, but it's, it's going to be like a kind of like a variety show. And uh, I imagine that I can't do the whole thing live right off the bat. So the first episode is going to be like a mishmash of, of live and pre-recorded stuff the same time. And I'll probably go with that for a while. The black bedsheet medicine show is what it's going to be called medicine as in well i got a, a black bed sheet i i uh I mean, it's, it's the I black bed sheet and me are, are one and the same and so i run it it is me it depends on me i do everything with that's what i do um and uh medicine is uh is the therapeutic part tom yeah. Um, it's like I, I wanted it longer, like like meat and medicine variety hour or something. But no, it's like I I boiled it down. So uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be kind of neat. Now I'll, I'll be uh, at the controls. I'll be at my my hundred and two dollar Yeti USB microphone. <laughs> and uh, cool. and uh, um, I'll and you know the thing is. Being that Francie and Friends has been around for a long time, and I've been watching her and part of the show and things, um, I I've been wondering what it would be like if I can like try to invoke that 
get the proper equipment for me and and interview anybody on the planet that I wanted to. So, you know, with the right the equipment, the right guy. like thing, uh, there's there's people on the planet that I always wanted to talk to, and they're not like ultra celebrities. They're people that I could actually reach out and likely I, I will get. Um, like people from back in the day that – have you ever heard of Steve Taylor? Steve Taylor was a, uh, a, a Christian rock um, um, artist – uh, that did a lot of controversial type of stuff in the eighties. And he actually, if you look him up right now, he's still, he's still recording albums. He actually directed a few movies too. He's my number one person. I always wanted to interview. So, uh, and then there's other people too, just, and these people, you likely haven't heard of them. Uh, uh, That would be somebody also Sakai no Awari, Japan's, greatest band and they're just coming to america i want to interview them oh i love them they're they're my favorite all-time band these days (laughs) you got to listen to them and they're starting to learn english and they've they've done some english songs but i'm really into so it's going to be you know but it's going to be like something that everybody can love it's going to be successful it's going to be it's it's i'm going to make i'm i'm going to make Billions of dollars. No, I'm kidding. It, 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 I, I got the equipment. I'm going to do my best. And I, and uh, one thing that I want to do most of all is promote Black Bedsheet Books. So I'm going to I'm going to utilize this as a tool and get my authors on there. And since it's going to be visual and audio, like Fran, Francie and Friends is just you know over the phone. Um, it, this is going to be like a YouTube podcast and. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get to incorporate a lot of the like black bedsheet commercials that I had with black hamster TV and stuff cool. and just incorporate all this. A lot of that I worked so hard on black hamster TV. You cannot believe. And all it amounted to was on Vito.com and Vito doesn't even exist anymore. And I've got all this footage and all this stuff. So I'm just putting it all into that. And, um, and I, I, I was going to call it a lot of different things, but I figure I wear black bed sheet on my sheet on my sleeve. It, it should have that name incorporated into the title. And uh, I agree. Um, and, you know, so um, and we'll see what happens. But I've spared no expense like uh, the guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, so. Uh, all I have to do is I, I I'll probably end up hitting you up too, like calling you um, no problem. on my I'll system. Do it. And, uh, yeah. Do you have a wet a webcam? Do you um, you know what? Um, a Facebook. I used to. But, huh. I used to I used to, but we moved we computer I had I had uh what's that stuff you could you could uh see yourself talking to somebody on there on the like computer. Can't think of the, what it is now. My brain's going here um yeah that's okay you know but uh we're used to but uh, we got a new computer and it's an older model that doesn't have that right now we'll just figure out something oh well that's a we we will we'll figure it out um you know uh we'll figure out something uh you know uh, um um i think all you need is a webcam 
And then just on Facebook, they've got that like new thingy where you can you can click on you know contact the person with a webcam. Uh, so, but we'll figure it out. Uh, at at any rate, I mean, uh, you and and all my other authors are going to be incorporated into this. So, one by one. Like I said, that's an honor and a privilege. I look forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. One by one, we'll all figure it out, so I can like call you, and uh, if not anything, uh, even like a few shows into it, uh, I could always interview you on the phone and then just mm-hmm. show funny pictures of you. Well, that'd be good. Sure. <laughs> or, or normal well, serious pictures of you, and put a Burger King hat on your head. So. <laughs> Work. Something like that, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so anyway, uh, we'll we'll talk about this further too. And you know, um, we we don't usually talk. I I hardly ever. I'm not a phone person. This has just happened to be a good night for me to <laughs> be on the phone. Oh yeah, it was really nice. I was going to say it was really great talking to you. It's been a you know it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, people will be able to listen to our conversation. In the archives. You know, it's funny because yeah, when they like, were very so. therapeutic anyway, so. This is, this is true. You know, because you can kill off people that piss you off in the worst way and not get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I hear horror, writing horror is so therapeutic. It's like, yeah, this guy ticked me off. I'm going to kill him. Only I don't have to go to jail for it. It's on a, it's on a page on a book, you know. Uh, you know, I was just going to hand you over to Francie. I was just going to hand you over to Francie, and uh, and you just like um, uh, touched upon a subject. Um, that's you know that that's a that that's exactly right. You know, for for people like you know in this day and age, you turn on the news. Suicide bombers, all these crazy mm-hmm. people, machine gun down people in movie theaters and stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, all of us have certain kinds of rages and certain kind of persuasions and things and whatnot and this and that. And you're mad at the world, whatever. You know, if you just got it out on paper, if you got it out mm-hmm. on paper and made some money off of it instead of taking people's lives and instead yeah. of, you know, being selfish and doing changing the world that way you could be a, you could have a positive f- effect on on not just yourself but on the world by just putting the fucker down on paper put it down mm-hmm. on paper and vent out your frustrations i don't care and and you know, that's where freedom of, of speech comes into is you you could say fuck the world i love uh, uh, you know i uh, uh, isis <laughs> and and whatever if oh, it's on paper, know, it doesn't hurt know, anybody. It just yeah. offends people. But if, if you go out and actually physically do the action, then you know yeah. that's that's different. So that's that's why I encourage writing for anybody. Hey, and okay. you know, yeah. I grew up in church. I grew up with certain philosophies, and I believe in uh, the way the world works the way I believe in it. But I yeah. I accept anybody. I mean, there's there's Satanists that are actually that I publish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, hey, and 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 all hey, kinds of not that Satanists are you know I mean I, I'm not trying to put them down. But the thing is, I mean, if you put it all down on paper, that's we'll have a better world, better society. Take it out on, that way instead of you know 
You know, oh, I agree. That's where freedom no. of speech oh. Can is. Can you guys hear and, me? And there's no freedom of yep. action. You can't just kill somebody and get away with it. So I'm not able yep. to be heard on Francie's trying, Francie's oh, trying to yeah, talk. I do yeah, want, um, I do want to say something. I mean, think about, about what you just said. You can talk about your government. You can talk about your freedom. You can talk about anything you want. But think about all those young children that just did something and said something about their government and they got killed. Oh well, yeah, that, that happens yeah, when you're not exactly. when you live in a society you know, that's not free like North some, Korea. Exactly. North but you know, Korea, another thing though, Francie, Francie, hold on, hold on, Francie, hold on again. I want to get to something else. Um, oh. One thing that that's no. interesting about me being a publisher is. From time to time, I get letters from people in prison uh, that uh, either want to be published or they want a catalog and they want books from us. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting. That it's along the same subject. It is. But yeah, that, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, um, uh, and uh, he, he, that's that's another. Hey Nicholas, you just brought up something that I was just thinking about. I forgot to mention to you, but do you ever think of trying to see about getting like some kind of you know, like how the armed forces, you know, they need books for their, uh, you know, service people and everything about maybe seeing if there's a way to get a contract with the armed forces and ship them books. Uh, 
have a catalog and stuff. But the thing is, uh, for people like that, uh, that's an outlet of a kind of inspiration too for a, um, mm-hmm. a hope for people in prison. That uh, when it comes to like you know letting out your frustrations on paper, um, it, these people, the, whatever their problems are, whatever makes them um, serve their time, whatever they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can still get out their frustrations on paper, even though it's probably too late for some of them. But that's, yeah. that's still an outlet, and that's something that's really important to me, too. When people actually um, mail me stuff from prison, that's kind of really... At first it was weird, but it's like uh, I, I get like um, a lot of like uh, physical mail from strange places from people that um that have sought me uh, black bedsheet books out um mm. not all of them really have talent but mm. uh, i try to like you know keep in touch with them just because it's just it's not something that um mm. i don't know I, uh, being a publisher um uh, can be in a uh, somebody like me i don't know about any other publishers but um there's a lot of people that reach out to you from strange places that uh you could really make a difference with um so it's funny um i guess maybe i'm making sense maybe i'm not i think the better route for me to explain this um is um i grew up in church and i wanted to make a difference in this world with like jesus and then that in itself with churches didn't work out and uh, people mm-hmm. condemned me for horror and writing horror and my affinity for horror movies and things and now um full circle i that's all i do is like um write horror publish horror uh watch horror movies and and all that and people reach out to me and i can make a more of a profound difference in my situation now as a publisher on people's lives than i than I was um, in church, and I'm not trying to push any religion. You there? Mm-hmm. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to even. That's not my agenda. My agenda is to publish books, but uh, you know, um, in uh, in in just the act of like uh, appreciating somebody's book that they submitted to me, and um, mm-hmm. and offering them a contract uh, has like changed their lives. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. My friend Tom Gade Olasson in um, Sweden, um, I, I've been, uh, his book uh, that I just published before yours, um, A Poetry from Hell's Asylum, he's been trying to publish that since uh, at least 2010. And uh, mm-hmm. that man, some of the stuff, uh, and God bless you, Tom, if you're listening, <laughs> um, uh, he, he's, his life has thrown him around in all kinds of circles, and he has written to me about how depressed he is lately and and so forth. He's, he's really the, the only hope that he has is in his writing. And uh, when I finally published his book, he said, he, he literally sent me a message saying that I saved his marriage. And, and I, I mean, I don't mean, I mean, it's, I, I, I can't believe, but that's, I mean, that, just you know, people believe in themselves when they're published. When they write and they they that's all that they that that's their aspiration, and they have um, normal lives that are 
in kind of in a kind of jeopardy, and you know, sometimes mine is. Um, cool. It's it's yeah. weird in a position that I give people hope. I publish them, and I I I bring them out for other people to listen and read. And um, I, you know, I I I don't sign million dollar contracts that change people's lives. I, this is this ain't American Idol. It's just little old me publishing somebody that cool. I believe in. And uh, you know, and and people write back to me and say these kinds of things. It, these are the things that drive me to keep doing it. I mean, you know, because I don't make that much money. I make as much money as I did when I worked at Walmart. Technically, some months are better than others. Some months are really good, and most of the time, it's just enough to pay the bills. I, and I and the only reason for that is because I have so many authors. Um, but, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, a it's really cool. And just like you, Tom, you know, I mean, I'm sure that you could find other publishers, but I'm really glad that you found me and, uh, I, I love your work and I'm really glad to be a part of your life. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, so I'm more than just, this is more than just a business. It's a passion and I really care about um, everybody I publish, and I, I you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to see sometimes when, you know, you're trying to contact me and there's nothing. It's all because I'm just trying to stay focused and keep busy and doing what I'm supposed to do because there's so many other people depending on me too, so it's like a big juggling act. But at the same time, I'm oh, keeping yeah. it up. Yeah, and, and my vow is I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It's not just a vow. It's something I got myself into. I painted myself into this corner, and I better help do my very best in making it work. <laughs> well, you so. know, well, you know, you, 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 uh, we just we were talking about God and religion and helping people out. You know, working with people and stuff. If you think about it, horror is the roller coaster, literary roller coaster ride of life. You know, it's you know, it's exciting, thrilling, suspenseful. So. Oh, well, yeah, the, uh, maybe like I, maybe I you are doing God's work or two. Even that, like you know? Lifetime movies are full of horror. Mm. Yeah. Even Lifetime movies <laughs> are full of horror. Horror is an aspect in just about every every part of life. I mean, there's yeah. horror in rated G movies, cartoons by Disney, because there has to be mm-hmm. like villains. There has to be like you know drama. There has to be like otherwise it's going to be like really boring. Boring and horror yeah. doesn't have to be all blood and guts and gore and 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 all the you know all that stuff. Horror can be light, but it drives. Problems are horror, and they drive a story. They drive our lives. Our lives would be boring yeah. without horror, let alone fiction. And and you have to look at horror in all kinds of perspectives, not just well, you know blood and guts and what you think of when you think of horror at first. But just all the frustrations when you wake up in the morning on the wrong side of bed and you're grumpy, that's an element of horror because it's <coughs> bad. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not a good thing when you wake up with butterflies and you love the world. And, oh, God. I, you know, it's not, not – I mean, horror can be many, many aspects, light and dark and everything. You could have extreme horror. You could have light horror stuff. So horror is a part of everything. It would, it's what drives drama. You know, things can be horrifying. It could be horrifying for you to go to the bathroom and and uh, and and uh, it could be painful. And that's horror. Mm-hmm. Not that you'd write about that, but 
and then it could be like you wake up in the morning and you start to get dressed and you're half naked and you realize the window's open and the neighbor's watching you. That could be horror too. Mm -hmm. And that involves no vampires, no werewolves, no blood and guts. <laughs> but that can be horrifying too. So there's all kinds of kinds yep. of aspects and people when people think of horror, especially like religious people, they think of oh no 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 no. It's gotta be family. <laughs> family oriented stuff. Well that is horror. Too. Yeah, I left the church over my first book that I wrote that they didn't approve of it. And it was a, you know, and I asked the minister, who's worse, you know, those who read it or those who write it? I mean, because, you know, it wasn't thrown that had, you know, some violence and sex and growing up themes in it. And I'm going, well, did you, you know, have you read the, you know, I know you read the Bible. There's growing up themes in, you know, slavery and sex and oh, violence and that. Like, what's-his-name kills a thousand people with the jawbone of an ass? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, conjures up Conan and stuff. I mean, they, mm -hmm. and I don't doubt the Bible, being that I'm still a Christian, but all that stuff is, like, really, like, glorifying stuff. If you really mm -hmm. saw it in action, in real life, man, you know. <laughs> God was an angry God, too, in the Old Testament. He did all kinds of things. and mm -hmm. um. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? I got to get back to Jason Gaylord and <laughs> his, mm -hmm. his book. Yeah. Uh, Francie, where are you? Oh, no, I'm I'm talking to Tom. The show's still going. Uh, okay, well, okay. Well, I guess it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, oh, we got about for my minutes, minutes, but it's yes, almost one o'clock in the morning for me. Oh yeah, it's, it's like five you, minutes. Nicholas. Yeah, good talking to you too. We talked before in private, and now yeah. we, we've been talking on the show a lot. So we made up for the last two years. So I'll see you in another yeah. two. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <Hope> no, <not. laughs> it was not that long. No, 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 it won't. <laughs> Won't be. Okay, Tom. Uh, been fun. Hey, and for everybody out there, this has been Francie and Friends. So stay tuned for the next show where uh, we'll uh, be a lot more organized. We'll have some really cool guests and, uh, and uh, you know, all the stuff that you expect from Francie. Yeah. See you on the side, gang. And your friends. Yeah, okay. All right, Tom, thank you right. for being on the show. Uh, thank well, you, Nick. Thank you. You're welcome. For being on the show, and uh, and uh, and and uh, the people that called in, especially Joel D. Winecoop called in. So, yeah, and uh, uh, Three Fingered Brown there. Yes, 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 indeedy, indeedy. So, alrighty, Tom and everybody, uh, um, uh, look up Tom Sawyer on uh, Google. He's also at. Um, at um, his publisher site, Black Bed Sheet Books, at downwarden.com. W O Oh, wait a minute, D-O-W-N-W-A-R-D-E-N.com slash store, where you can find all of our books. And uh, just the Google searches are like uh, God's Internet creations. All you have to do is just look up Tom Sawyer author or Tom Sawyer um, horror author, and you'll find not the uh, Tom Sawyer Huckleberry Finn, but actually the Tom that we're talking to tonight's books. So 
<laughs> that and that's good to tell everybody. Just Google search Tom Sawyer author, and it'll differentiate from the fictional to you. So I found that out too when I when when I was looking up like any latest stuff on your bio. Uh, I always mm-hmm. just do a Tom Sawyer author search. So, but anybody else, uh, and look us up on uh, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all the good stuff. And um, I guess uh, I guess that's it, folks. I'm ending the show. Good night. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Tom. So we bid everybody a farewell. Yep. Okay. You on the flip Bye. Side, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Tom. Bye, folks. Hasta. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.